The Disciplined Investor is underwritten by Interactive Brokers Stock Yield Enhancement Program. Earn extra income on the fully paid shares of stock in your brokerage account. Open an Interactive Brokers account today and learn more at ibkr.com slash S-Y-E-P. And this episode is sponsored by Our Crowd, where accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Visit OurCrowd.com slash TDI. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company. From seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Well, earnings season is right around the corner. Inflation and supply chain issues are the talk of the town. And a very disturbing headline cited... We're going to be asking what other shoes will be dropping in China with our guest, Frank Curzio of Curzio Research. All this and much more on episode number 736 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. And a very good day to you, and thanks for joining me for episode number 736. Here we are in the middle part of October already as the year is progressing. we got a great show lined up next week for you, by the way. We have a best of all the opening dialogues from the last year, or many of them at least. We cut up, and we packaged, and we put back together. And what's really cool about it, it gives you a chronological order of all the things we talked about before we talked with our guests, before we talked with our, about our main topics each and every episode. Hey, I'm Andrew Horowitz, and I am the host of The Disciplined Investor, the co-host of DH Unplugged. I hope you are listening to DH Unplugged each week. If you're not subscribing to that, I'm telling you, you are missing out on some great topics, a lot of fun, some, some laughs, I'll, I'll promise you that, as well as some great games that we play each and every week. DH Unplugged, where myself and John C. Devorah get together each and every week, on Tuesday nights, we are live at 9 o'clock. We are streaming over on dhunplug.com. There's a chat room there as well. But we talk about a lot of things that are not usually in focus when it comes to the regular news. The channels that you see on TV or the radio that you got there or even the uh, any other podcast for the most part when it comes to finance. Because we're talking about behind the scenes, kind of lifting the curtain on what's really going on and focusing in on what it means really. <laughs> Not what we're told to believe it means, but kind of like let's really peel back each of the layers in the onion and understand why is this coming out, how to deal with it, and in a way educate you on some of the ways we think about investing in those kinds of situations and in this environment. So that's on Tuesdays. We want to make sure that you're a part of that. Um, and uh, other than that, again, next week, this this great best of that we're going to be going to be running. Uh, I wanted to spend some time with our guest today, Frank Curzio, because 
there is a lot that is going on in terms of questions about how, in fact, some of the things that are happening over there, overseas, in China, in Vietnam, in Malaysia, Indonesia, how is that going to be impacting us here? There's still a lot of the lockdowns, we'll call it, or slowdowns, or factories shut. Uh, we have supply chains that are a mess for one reason or the other, some of supply, some of demand. Some are due to lack of ability to move the product, as simple as that. We have issues in China. We have issues with chips. We have issues with lumber and copper. We've had all this throughout the last year or so. But I really wanted to understand how is that going to impact and is that going to flow through? Are we going to see that there is a flow through of that to where we are now into this next quarterly earnings? So that's something I want to talk about um, and, and, and get through. And then a lot of other questions because there is some things underneath the surface that I, I believe that we need to uncover and get to. So let's get right to our guest and let's get right to him. You know him, you love him, you got to have him. It's Frank Curzio from Curzio Research, one of the favorite guests of listeners going back for more than a decade now when he and I started our podcasting. When everybody asked the the vital question, what's a podcast? <laughs> right, Frank? <laughs> yeah, today you say you got a podcast. Everyone's like, me too. I got one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> different times, man. Different, different times. times, right? Everybody had one. Um, or we're thinking about doing blogs back in the day when we were doing, we're doing podcasts. If you remember mm -hmm. that correctly, so pretty yep. cool. All right, so Frank, a uh, couple things you teased this week. Uh, the idea that hey, this one thing, if it happens, it can take down markets. Now I want to get to that in a second, but I have a lot of other things to talk to you about because here we are. It's, it's the middle of October, and we're starting to see kind of you know, all sorts of interesting situations develop with regard to something that you and I have talked about a lot is a supply chain. And we talked about the, um, the, the, the idea that, hey, you know what, there's a lot of demand, but really a supply issue is a major situation that's going on right now. Where are we from now? And let's uh, kind of give you some road to run on, like, you know, through the next few months. We haven't hit bottom yet. And what really ticked me off is watching the CEOs of the automakers, especially Ford and GM, go on and say that it's a Q2 problem. After that, we'll be OK. And I think they forgot that these numbers are published from from a lot of different places. And you're not used to finding them because it's not exciting and we never had problems like this. But you know, you have your sources when you have your podcast. Mine goes out to 100 countries. And just the amount of emails that have come in that, that have have just the data, like yeah. from a place like Maersk and just, you know, different countries and just showing like the ships. I mean, you ever, it's such a big story now, but knowing how bad it was and it didn't bottom and seeing these guys actually lie on TV. There's a reason why they're talking up their EV portfolios. There's a reason why GM last week just or two weeks ago just said that, hey, you know what? In 2030, this is we're going to double EBITDA. 20, it, 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 that's but that was 20 for 2030. Yeah, that's exciting. That's that's a long, long time away. You're talking about EV. The Me reason too. why they're talking about Me EVs too. is because they, they, they're going to see production declines of 70 75%, and they were predicting 20%. Uh, last time I heard, like, if you're an automaker, uh, you make money by selling cars. If you don't have cars, how do you make money? So people were willing to overlook that fact and say, okay, it's only a Q2 problem. This is going to go into 2023. I mean, if you look at the latest data, which is from, from last month, it was the ninth consecutive month. So nine months in a row where it's called lead time. So the days of ship are, are still widening it. It's getting progressively worse. 
right? So you would think it's getting yeah. better the way everybody talks about it. But now, Andrew, we're handing into the holiday season, which is the biggest season, the biggest profits, the biggest revenue and sales for these companies. You know, that's the biggest quarter. And are they going to be able to you – know, inventory levels have never been this low. I think that the last time they were this low, it was a credit crisis. How are they going to get their stuff? And, and that's why you're seeing a lot of companies come out over the past three, four weeks where they're warning. They're coming out. You saw Sherwin-Williams, you saw FedEx. I mean, these are big companies. Coca-Cola switching yeah, their Nike, supply Sure, chain. right. Now, here, here's the question I have, though. So now there's a – it's kind of a, a two-armed monster which is attacking the middle, mm -hmm. which is on one hand – you have supply chain issues that they can't actually physically sell something, right? It's not like, oh, demand is so great and they have all these products, whatever widget they're selling, and they could do so and raise their price, et cetera. But what's happening is that while the many of these companies do have some pricing, uh, they have the ability to increase their pricing and they have that opportunity. The question is, if they're getting hit by not being able to sell, uh, you know, sell a product, and on top of it, their input costs are going up, I mean, that's a pretty disconcerting calculation when you lay it down and look for what's going to happen with margins and earnings, right? And look at the labor issues. Oh, and, yeah, right. you know, we saw, saw the, the unemployment data, right, from a few weeks ago. And as much as every, every single economist tried to spin that and said, well, we look under the hood, it's not that bad. It's bad. There's... Underlying trends you can't ignore. Whether you, you know you believe in vaccines or you don't, you're forcing people to get the vaccine to work. And there's people out there that are like, look, I'm not getting the vaccine. I had COVID and you're not telling me how long those antibodies last, right? So there's a lot of people out there and they have an argument that, you know, I just don't want to put something in my body if I don't have to. Well, you know what? Well, if you have a city job, if you live in certain areas, you, you can't come back to work. Uh, you're but there's a bigger issue too. Let me just kind of just, let me, let me jump into this for a second here because there is the concept that, hey, I got a vaccine and I'm seeing these breakthrough deals, you know, come through and I'm still concerned about if I am out there that I could still get it. And there is a, you know, this post-virus stress disorder that is going on that a lot of people have. I can tell you people I know who have the vaccine are really still like, hey, I'm not going to eat inside a restaurant or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going on a plane or pick whatever the particular situation is. And listen, you know, we could tell them they're wrong. This I'm not interested in doing any of that. Doesn't okay. Matter. I'm not interested. The point is, these are the facts. And some people may be like, hey, I don't want to get a vaccine or I got a vaccine or whatever. Um, but yet at the same time, I don't want to go back to work either. Maybe it's a nice excuse. Listen, it, it is a nice excuse if you have the money and maybe you can live for a while and you're thinking, hey, Maybe to kind of take off some time, think about sharpening your skills to another avocation, right? But uh, I, I, I think that that I don't know. It, the whole thing is we have economics is being put on its head, isn't it? Not. It is. It really is, and, and it's you know you couldn't have said it better. And we're looking at a time where I love when either economists or analysts go on and say, "Well, in the past, you can't." Come <laughs> I you love that, Frank. $20 trillion, <laughs> it was a 30 trillion overall, 30, I think it's $33 trillion we're up to right now globally. It's been injected to the system. And they're wondering why there's inflation because, hey, we injected a lot of money into the system last time during a credit crisis, but you didn't. You injected it into the banks, right, to, right. to backstop right. them. And they didn't have to lend that money out, and some of them did. It was just a matter of saying, hey, the banks are fine, they're strong, they're going to be okay, your money's safe, right? This bypassed the whole system. There's no working. There's no going to work. There's nothing. Hey, you, we're locking down everything. You stay home, and you're going to get a check in the mail. 
And now all these people are allowed to spend all this money, right? So they're going out, they're spending at the same time. Now you have, you know, supply chain issues and demand, you know, supply demand issues. But, you know, when you look at, at the whole entire, even every country you can go to, it, it's just, you're right. You got to look at it differently of what's going on, because what do we do when we had a lockdown? It's almost like, you allow, say if, if someone is, is, lives a, you know, a decent lifestyle and all of a sudden you, you, you know, they're in a billionaire lifestyle and they get everything first class for a year and then you take it away from them, right? How are they going to feel? You're changing them. When you change that, you change sentiment. You had everybody stay home and most companies didn't skip a beat, right? Especially in technology. So now people are like, you know, why can't we just stay home and work? It's a lot better. Now you force them to go back to work and now you throw in, well, you know, you're going back to work. You told us it was a 96 efficacy rate that we're not going to get the vaccine, you know, we get the vaccine, we're not going to get, uh, you know, infected ever again. And they got infected a couple months later with Delta. So we know that that doesn't work. So now they're scared to go back. When you throw in all those factors, again, it doesn't matter what side you're on, anti-vax, vax or whatever, uh, it creates a situation that that's hard to deal with because we've never been in these, in these times. And we have a Fed that doesn't allow, you're not allowed to have a recession. No. Which is incredible. Not on their watch. Not on their watch, unless they create it, but that's different. Think about the pressure on company. Your job as a company to grow every single year for the next hundred years. You're not allowed to, to growth is not allowed to pull back ever, 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 right? Or you get destroyed. So that results in a lot of financial manipulation. It results in a lot more buybacks. It results in fewer employees where, hey, you know, we need to cut costs to make our earnings. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things going on that I think it's very difficult to measure, even from an analytical point of view. And you throw in like all the meme stuff that's going on, where you're pushing these stocks up, where you know, the valuations don't even make any sense. It's a difficult market out there. Yeah. It's extremely, extremely dangerous right now. I would agree. You know, it's funny because when we look at some of the the the, the sentiment, as you mentioned, and some of the things that are going on with regard to, uh, you know, you can't have recessions or you can't have missed earnings. One of the things that's really fascinating is the way that the markets. I would say consume information in a way that they are kind of always looking at, okay, what's the, what's the bright side of all this, right? Or what is, how is this being presented? For example, you know, we have this idea that there's inflation. We know there's inflation. Nobody's going to tell me otherwise empirically uh, from a statistical measure, from what I see, everybody that I talk to, yes, there's inflation. Now there's some things that are lower cost. I happen to buy a couple of things recently on Amazon and I said, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to look, what did I buy this for last year? For example, I bought underarm deodorant, okay, mm -hmm. on Amazon. And I see, oh, you ordered this last a year ago, you know? And um, and by the way, it was a two-pack. I don't go through only one per year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you said it on me. <laughs> uh-huh. That's why we do podcasts, not in person, uh, on the on the on the Skype. So so it was lower this time, the cost of it. I find that interesting. And not, not a lot lower, a few cents lower. But the idea of inflation, which is it's transitory, which it will be, by the way. The question is, when's the end game on the transitory cycle? But what's also interesting, we realize that the Fed does not and will not tolerate deflation. Would you agree with that? Yes, they won't tolerate deflation. Right. No. I mean, that that's, you know what? It depends, really, Andrew, because they say that's a bigger problem for the Fed than inflation. I don't agree with that. It depends what we're talking about with inflation, because We've never seen, we haven't seen inflation, right, since the 80s. I mean, runaway inflation, where it was crazy. And so you know, we're operating in an environment where nobody's really familiar with, where they're like, oh, we have inflation and it's okay. And, you know, things do well in inflationary environment, right? All asset prices are going to go higher. But when you get too much inflation, it's extremely, extremely, extremely dangerous. And here's why. Because it's the one and only problem the Fed can't control. 
and the yeah. Fed can't do anything about it in terms of fixing it. So the only way to really fix it, where they could fix it, is they have to do the opposite of what they're doing now. They have to take money out of the system. So they're going to have to sell bonds. They're going to have to raise rates. When you do that, think of a mortgage, right? Hey, I'm going to get a mortgage. It's, you know, whatever, 3.4, whatever, 3.3, wherever it is today. And if it goes to four, that's a big difference. If it goes to four and a half, now you're seeing less leverage, less debt, which results in, you know, across the board. Lower prices, lower right? asset prices. And that lower asset prices. Yeah. And now what, what do companies do when you have that kind of environment, right? Because you're taking debt out of the market, you're taking leverage out of the market. Now they lower their CapEx budgets, which is advertising and everything else. So if you're wondering why technology gets hit the hardest and it's getting hit, hit, you know, while inflation's going higher and higher and higher and the 10 years going higher, that's the reason. Technology companies can't, can't cut costs like cyclical companies can, right? Because right. their margins are already extremely high. So they're the ones that get hit the most because those margins are so high and it, it's directly reflected for CapEx and the amount of CapEx that's spending. If, if companies are lowering their CapEx, they're not going to spend a lot on cloud. They're not going to lower the advertising budgets because there's a percentage of sales and sales is going down. That's why you see technology companies get hit. What companies do good? Well, companies that can have pricing power. And you can right now, and it's okay. But if inflation gets out of control, it can get even worse. But you got like the Chipotle's, everyone's going to buy everything. And by the way, the brisket's really good. Oh, that was McDonald's. good. I had that. I had that. It was nice. Yeah, it was good. Lululemon. I mean, airlines have incredible, uh, incredible pricing power. I think just buy any airline. I mean, they're still down about 25% off their pre-COVID highs. Everything's going to open up sooner or later. You were seeing, especially in the U.S., the stats are getting much, much, much better. I think it, there's not one state. I think every single state is lower than 90%. Um, if ICU capacity right now. So you're seeing the numbers get better and better and you're going to see countries open up a little bit more. It's going to be great for airlines. Travel cup, hotel companies, wait till you book a hotel and you see the fees added on now. Oh yeah. It's not, it, it's the same thing as the, is, is the original um, Spirit Airlines where everything was an add on. But let me roll you back for a second here. What I'm talking about is the idea that the, the Fed really can't and won't allow for significant deflation over time. What that means is let's kind of put these all these together. Let's put a nice little bow around this. Number one, we have inflation. Number two, this transitory. Number three, the fact is that the Fed doesn't allow for deflation. Therefore, the higher prices that we're seeing now are really not going to go down from whatever that level is that the transitory point ends. In other words, because inflation will slow doesn't mean prices are going to come down. And this is a concept I think is really important that I've tried to talk about many times because you have to understand the way this is all being framed. And the way it's being framed is inflation is transitory. Therefore, what does that mean? Well, that means there won't be any inflation and we're going to go back to normal in a few months. No, what that means is the rate and pace of inflation, this 4%, 5% level that we're seeing now and six, even 6% on some metrics We'll halt back down maybe to 2%. But if we just stay at 2% from here on forth, what that means is we're going to have higher prices, right? Mm -hmm. So don't get this, you know, people got to understand that we have to find companies that can survive, do well, sectors, places, areas around the world that can do well in that kind of environment. Let me just take a quick break and talk about something where there hasn't been inflation. Fact has been a reduction, and that's the pricing of trading. We're going to talk about interactive brokers. It's the professional's gateway to the world's markets. IBKR offers commissions starting at, yes, 0% for U.S. listed stocks and ETFs, enhanced price execution via IB smart routing, and access to their powerful trader workstation. Their web, their mobile, and their API trading platforms are all included. 
So join clients from over 200 countries and territories to invest globally. In fact, now you can even trade cryptocurrencies right alongside of your stocks and your options, your futures, your fiat currencies, your bonds, your mutual funds, ETFs, whatever you're trading. Right along with that, you can trade your cryptocurrencies and all from a single integrated account at the lowest cost at Interactive Brokers. Find out more about trading all of these securities globally, plus crypto, at IBKR.com. Good stuff. Check that out. Anyway, thank you for that moment. Uh, let's come back to the inflation situation. And you mentioned some places that it's going to um, hurt. You mentioned some areas like, you know, it's going to hurt maybe technology, uh, spending and spending things of that nature. It will help maybe the banks, maybe the, uh, the, the airlines and a few others. What is going on with the infrastructure hoo-ha and companies that should, in theory, if you're thinking about it, do well, like Caterpillar and U.S. Steel. I mean, they're in the doghouse. They're in the doghouse, but I have to tell you something, even bigger for the infrastructure bill, because we're looking at massive supply chain issues. People can't get anything anywhere. That's why we're seeing an explosion in raw material costs. So if it's not lumber, lumber has come down, then it's going to be cotton now. It, it's yeah, constantly, right? We're looking at oil prices. I'm going to tell you something. If they pass this infrastructure bill, mm -hmm. we could see the market over the next six months fall 20% plus oh. because we are going to see inflation beyond belief. We're going to have everybody ordering raw materials, trying to get them. They, they, there's nothing. There's no capacity. And you want proof? Here's proof. Look at Coca-Cola. just came out a couple of weeks ago. First time ever, right? This is could be a staple when it comes to supply chains along with Amazon. So they always ship their stuff through containers and containers that that market went up from 2000 a year ago to four, over 14,000. It's probably even higher now. Spot prices, right? I know of so, people paying 22, but go ahead. Yeah. So they said, OK, you know, we're not going to do we're going to do we're going to ship through dry bulk, which went from 1000 to 5000. Dry bulk is for raw materials. So if Coca-Cola is doing this, you know, you know, there's a ton of other companies doing it. Now, that went up 5x compared to 7, 8x. Uh, so, you know, they're saving money. But how many other companies going to do this? Now you're taking up that capacity as well. So when these raw materials and everybody needs raw materials even more, uh, it's like pouring gasoline all over it, right? Three and a half trillion. And even though we know probably about maybe 30% of that's really going to the infrastructure. Uh, when you look at the bill, what do you think is going to happen to prices? I mean, there's going to be so much demand. Even now you're seeing, but whether it's steel, it, it, they're outbidding each other. People have orders and then you'll have Walmart or... Uh, you know, a target come in and outbid and say, hey, you know, we'll give you 2x for this. And that's why you say you saw 22,000 prices. So you know, this way they take that order. So the person who originally got the order is not getting it. So if you have if you're selling low margin products, like say dollar store, there's a reason why dollar store came out and said, hey, you know what, we're not going to be selling products for under a dollar anymore. They, they don't have a lot of pricing power there where a lot of these other companies do. And they're overspending to the point where they're losing money because they know it's going to eliminate a ton of competitors. So it's very important where I don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's something that I'm extremely worried about because if you think we have inflation now, if we pass that infrastructure bill, inflation will go through the roof from here. Here's and my problem. Frank, I, I really do believe that these low interest rate environments that we have, the ability to issue bonds and debt, the issue, the ability to use your stock as currency to buy other companies, and then the, the desire to get – um, our products offshore, you know, for pricing and all that, and what's going on in Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia. These issues are all self-made, right? And, you know, the latest thing is we're seeing that bacon, the, according to the Labor uh, Statistics, Statistics Bureau, check this out. The average slice of bacon hit a record 
of seven dollars, uh, sliced bacon. The price is seven dollars and nine cents. Uh, I guess a pound in August or whatever it was. An increase of fifty percent of the last ten years, and the prices uh, of bacon in August two thousand eleven was four dollars and seventy seven. So you know, you look at that. One of the things as well, there's been a consolidation in that business. You know, we saw that China bought what Smithfield, I think it was, um, and and you know, we see that like oil is in the hands of OPEC, and we see that like you know the chips are over there also. And while we have some things that we make here. You know, the problem is that you got to wonder, like, when does this all end? Because this could all end really badly. The fact is, there is almost, I'm starting to really believe there's a national security issue with having all of our products made over somewhere else. However, if it didn't, it would cost a lot more. I get that. But really kind of like what is shaping up here is a pretty scary circumstance when it comes to semiconductors and companies now what trying to say, hey, well, we're going to build in the U.S. now. It's like uh, a lot of good that's going to do over the next three years. <laughs> like, you know what it takes to construct a fab plant, which they have to do because capacity is is at 100 percent at Taiwan Semi and Samsung, the two largest. And that's why the autos got screwed because they have a different supply chain management system where it's more closer to real time when they see demand and they say, hey, this is what we need in the chips. Apple with their iPhone 12, they started a lot sooner and said, look, I'll pay you whatever you want. We need more capacity. And took up a lot of that capacity. And then when the auto companies started demand, you know, kick in, like, you know, a little post-COVID, uh, and later in the year, they were like, hey, we need more capacity. And they were like, we, we have no capacity. So the only way to get your chips is if they build more plants. So the fact that the auto company was saying, hey, you, know, you might have to wait four months for a car. No, you're waiting nine months at least, hopefully. And now think about when you're buying a car and what year you're buying it. So if you decide to buy it, say... 23, it looks like now. Yeah, I, the 23 <laughs> models aren't even out yet, right? The 22 right. models you really haven't seen too many. But, you know, they're out. But, you know, say if you bought five months ago. You bought five months ago. Now you're looking for, you know, a 2021 and a 2022 models are out. You haven't even seen the 20... You know, Lincoln is it, Lincoln Navigator, right? That is a good example where every three years they kind of redesign the whole thing. So that new redesign isn't out yet. But the time you get is the car that you ordered a year ago. Now you're going to see that brand new one redesigned and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa can I get one of those? I mean, how, how does it? I don't know how they're going to figure it out. But, but it, there's it, more. There's the hoarding problem. that's going on. People get concerned about the thought that, you know, one thing you don't want to do to people. There's two things. One, tell them they can't get out their money. Do not tell people you can't get your money. Because mm -hmm. what are they going to do? Freak out and go get it. The second thing is, in terms of finance, is don't tell people you're limited on how much you can buy. Because yeah. people go nuts. So, you know, you can only buy two cases of toilet paper. Oh, my God. I'm going to make this announcement. Yeah. Everyone listening to this, you're limited to how many products you could buy at Curse Research. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See that? That's it. That's right. Yeah. Or, or, or better yet, tone prices are going up. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. So um, with with regard to this, and um, you, you think one of the biggest issues, just to re recap, one of the biggest issues facing the market right now is that if we see these infrastructure bills passed in the kind of numbers they're talking about, it could create a, a spiral up of inflation that massive. would cause massive amount of disruption, further disruption in the supply chain, raw materials, pricing, et cetera, and could really be a major damper or a problem or, you know, a, a real uh, a pin popper for the markets, right? Because you're going to see commodity prices and raw material prices go absolutely through the roof. And what happens, right? You're going to be forced, companies are forced to raise prices. Companies that have pricing power, 
could pay their employees right now $20 an hour, and p- you'll get a lot of people to work for $20 an hour. You're not going to get a lot of people to work for $12, $13 an hour. And, and you know, that, that's, if you don't have the pricing power, then what do you what do? You, do? you either operate at, at 60% capacity if you're a restaurant. That means you're going to go to your favorite restaurant, and you're going to be there for two hours. The service isn't going to be as good. Or you have to close for two, three days. How do you make ends meet? The only way you can make ends meet is if you increase prices which is fine. We have inflation. That's fine. If inflation gets higher and higher and higher and all these costs go higher and higher and higher, which they're going to, because you know, everyone's going to be forced demand. That's what you're going to see, right? In the infrastructure bill. Hey, the gov- when the government hands out money, everybody has their hands out. Right. They're going to be like, just like the, the PPP loans, right? We saw Harvard apply for it, right? So mm-hmm. they were like, we need it. We, even though the endowment is, it's, what is it? Tens of billions, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Oh, right, no, right. no, no, wait. Sorry. I didn't know you guys are going to know that. And it's going to be public information. But you know, everybody's going to order raw materials at the same time and try to get them delivered at the same time. And you can't get anything delivered right now for seven, eight, nine months. How is that going to happen? So pretty amazing. It, pretty amazing. Yeah. Let me let me kind of talk about, um, you know, what's happening with some specific names. We talked about the issue of a supply chain and, and, and infrastructure with Caterpillar and U.S. Steel, et cetera. Um, and I want to kind of ask you about Facebook for a second here. I mean, mm-hmm. is Facebook going to be MySpace? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Buy, buy Facebook right now. Buy it right now. But you don't think, do you think that there's no. going to be any kind of uprising or any kind of change? This is all simply drama. It's drama. Nobody's coming off the platform. Nobody's coming off the platform. People, you ha- you're underestimating how, how man, I'm going to say this and probably get emails and feel free. Frankersresearch.com. You know, you're how, an idiot. I'm going to say advance. You're an idiot, Frank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, <laughs> so, like people love to tell everyone else about their lives oh, and, and the best the best indications when someone tell like you know your spouse or whatever or significant other where you, you you know post oh i love this usually that that's a sign when you post it online that usually within a year you break up right you got to tell the world how much you love your spouse you can't right. tell them you got to tell the world right, but right. And, and even now if you look if you go to a concert you see these young kids and everybody's they're there to post themselves and selfies to say hey look where we are we are and that's not going to change right so when you look at facebook he, here's what you one, people are not going to leave. I never thought you'd see over 2 billion people on the same platform letting you know every single thing about your lives. Here, we're checking in. We're right here, right this second. This is exactly what I like. All this is going through algorithms, right? So they're going to feed you exactly what you like. When you look at advertisers, what's your option? Your option is to say you want to go to advertise on, on you know, on whatever, uh, Channel 5, Channel mm-hmm. 7, whatever, Fox, mm-hmm. right? Business, whatever. You're going to go there, they're going to get a demographic. You really don't know, like, if people are actually watching. They could tape it. Are they watching? Are they getting up? Whatever. Or you go to Facebook, and before they say anything, they say, hey, Starbucks goes to Facebook, said we want to advertise. And they're like, hold up. Here is two and a half million people that are in your store right this second. What do you want to tell them? But isn't there isn't there some privacy issues that have been enacted by the Apple, for example, iOS, that you could turn a lot of that off? You could. But, you know, if you turn it off, it, it results in, a, in not as good as experience, right? Because you, you're going to list where you are. Here I am. This is what I'm doing right now. Your friends and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to hurt them a little bit. But what Facebook has is probably the most pricing power in the world. And they're in the greatest secular market of all time, which is advertising. Every single company is going to advertise forever for the next 5,000 years. And you want to get your product in front of people. So I know I can go to Facebook and say, how many people have bought a financial newsletter who are over 60 and how much did they pay? And, and they'll be able to give me the demographic and give me a million names instead of me advertising on CNBC where I don't know if that's my complete demographic. Maybe there's people that, that hate newsletters and financial newsletters. Maybe there's money management firms there. So just when you're looking at the details of what you could get, when you're looking at the return on ad spend, by far, it's the greatest 
on Google. You see exactly what people are searching for all the time and Facebook. And that's why those are two of the biggest companies in the world. That's not going to change. Now, what could happen with Facebook? They break it up. If they break it up, it's going to be worth probably. I don't even know what, what are they going to break up. They're going to break, they're break up WhatsApp, this and that. That, that whole thing Instagram, is ridiculous. Yeah. Every company yeah. that, that's yeah. broken up. It doesn't make any sense. But I will tell you personally, I am not a big fan of Facebook as a platform, as a, uh, as a societal detractor. Uh, but as a company, I, I tend to agree with you, actually. Uh, they can make it through all our screens. Um, yeah, I want to talk to you about a couple other things. I want to talk to you about Kramer's latest foray. I want to talk to you about SPACs. I want to talk about Axel Rose. But before I do that, I just want to take a second. And oh, oh, and I want to talk to you about two world-changing trends that you say we should invest in right, like right now. But before we do that, a little tease there. I want to talk about our crowd. Because a lot of people, you know, you wish you were in early on some of the best-performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020, right? Well, our crowd investors were, and now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel and Microsoft, Nike, and Oracle. And now you can invest in Orient whose platform and software-only indoor GPS is 20 times more accurate and scalable than current solutions. Orient has landed contracts with some of the largest retailers in the world, so you can invest today at Our Crowd. Our Crowd and credit investors have already invested over $1 billion in growing tech companies. So you can join the fastest-growing venture capital investment community at OurCrowd.com slash TDI. That's O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash TDI. Got those advertising things pretty good, huh? Reading them off like a pro, aren't they? <laughs> Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of advertising, so I want to talk, what is Axel Rose, what is this, what is Axel Rose teaching you about investing? Well, I went to uh, the Hard Rock in, this is Seminole in Florida, right? So this is near you, right? By Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood. Uh, it was a quick thing. We went down there for two days. Yeah, no, wait, now let's back up here. Frank's yeah. covering right now because Frank just screwed up. <laughs> no, no. Frank no, screwed no. up bad just now. No, I didn't That means he up. was He's down done. here. Let me just explain from my side of the microphone what I'm hearing. Frank said he was down here, which I didn't know, actually, uh, going to some kind of concert of some sort at the Hard Rock, which is only about 10 minutes from my house, by the way. Really and, and he didn't call. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he didn't call me. So, okay, just to say, now he's saying it was a quick thing because that's going to cover up so I don't get pissed off at him. Continue on where you were. <laughs> anyway, we, we made it. We, we booked this thing on Thursday, and this is, uh, you know, a couple weekends ago. So we went down there. Uh, we didn't know Guns N' Roses was there. Guns N' Roses was there. So we went to go see the concert, which was great. Uh, you know, again, he, he looks, he's got a lot of miles on him and the voice wasn't that great, but it's, but still, you listen to Sweet Child of Mine and, and, and Welcome to the Jungle is great. But when we went down there, holy cow, they were charging, right? This is a big guitar that they built. They put yeah. 1.5 billion in it, by the way. Beautiful, the right? Beautiful. The, cow the Cowboy Stadium costs 1.3 billion, just to put in perspective how much money uh, in, in these Seminole tribes are. Uh, and they were charging $1,200 a night for an average room. Really? Tw $1,200 a night for an Do average room. Do you know how much room. my guest room is a night? At my house, 10 minutes from the Hard Rock, Frank? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to knock on your door and stay there. Then, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the first time that I stayed off property because I usually go there with my friends and we go to Gulfstream and watch Florida Derby and stuff every year. Uh, we stay like five minutes away, but it, it, it's, it was $7 beers. Everybody was drinking beers. You're seeing $7 slice of pizza because at night that's one of the only things you can get. And there was a line probably about 75 to a hundred people. Uh, when you're seeing companies like this, right. And you're looking at investing, uh, you're seeing which companies have pricing power. Caesars just came out a couple weeks ago and said, our EBITDA is going to be higher. Their quarter is going to be a record higher than we've ever had it. And we're talking about international travel, right? Still has restrictions. You still have to wear masks in some of these casinos. Imagine when all that's going to be lifted. So the pricing power that these companies have, again, it's going to hurt companies that don't have pricing power, where you're not going to pay for, but other things like gambling and stuff like that, and it's opening up every place, even in Florida, uh, where it's getting legalized. You know, people love to spend money. They love to go out there, and they'll pay more to have a good time. And and you want to focus. When I saw that and people spending, we didn't go oh, there. But it I've been there. Can't. I've been there. Listen, I've been there. I've been to the restaurants there. The prices are absurd, higher than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's a great time. It's a beautiful place and all that. But that's not just there, and that's not just limited to there. I mean, like you said, there are some crazy – I mean – you can get, listen. You can get some unbelievable deals. Deals, airfare. You can get some ridiculous domestic flight prices. Ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know, on JetBlue and a few others. But I agree with you 100. percent And then you have on top of that the other issue that's going on. The dude, I could have died. We've just been through a war. Screw this. Why am I waiting? Seriously, this is serious. I'm not kidding either. And, and I'm telling you this that I believe other people have the same thought, and I do as well. Why am I waiting 10 years to supposedly this date that I'm going to retire slash this or that or one day someday, right? I'm going to do it now. I could have bit the farm right on this old deal to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Why am I waiting around? My grandfather waited and waited and waited and waited and waited until one day that, you know what happened? You know the end of the story, right? Never happened. By the time and all, he was ready to go. He wasn't able to you know, move to Florida, do whatever he's going to do that he wanted to do. Um, and then he decided that, you know what, just, okay, well, it's too late now. So why is, what's the point of, of doing that? I see my son, he takes his boat out. He does scuba diving on his boat and he calls me up and he's like, Hey, you want to go? I'm like, uh, it's Thursday at uh, one o'clock. It's not the most convenient time for me to mm -hmm. go do this, but I'm thinking to myself, why not? What am I waiting for? I can work later in the day. Mm-hmm. Plus, so, you're part of the 1%, so you can afford to retire. 1%? I was thinking of point two. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nuts. You're a nut. All right. And what about, let's talk about Kramer, his latest foray. So you worked with Jim Kramer back when, and, you know, that's how kind of, uh, you didn't get your start there, but that's where you cut your teeth in, in some of the stuff, right? Yeah. And, and um, have you seen what he's doing now? Uh, no. Oh, you haven't followed him, really? Mm -mm. I, I mean, I talk to him every now and then. I mean, Kramer went to my wedding, uh, you know, but this no, is, I this is really this is all over the um, CNBC. He's moved from the street. He's no longer with the street dot com. Mm -hmm. And now the Thank CNBC you. is like promoting his I don't know if it's a newsletter or his something is his, his picks, if you will. Now, mm -hmm. the reason I bring this up is, you know, you look at CNBC and you look at some of these places and, you know, they're really uh, many advertising not advertising, many, many, um, many, many shows out there right now. And you got to wonder like, what's going on with this? And, you know, when you look at something like what you do, which is original content, right? How many newsletters do you have? Uh, we have like seven now. We have two other, uh, editors as well who are fantastic. Uh, and so we have seven paid products. I think we have like, like, 
13 overall, 12 overall, something. I mean, I just products. I just find that you could find such great original content and what, what they're doing now and trying to shove down just Kramer's ideas and all that. And then that's that that now is going to prevent, you know, if there's a pick in, in one of those, you got to wonder if somebody's going to go against it or allow someone to go against it on TV right now. So that kind of scratches that whole thought that I would, you know, ever not that I would, but ever be involved in that. But, you know, something that you do, which is the original content. Mm-hmm. The, the stock picks and then the accountability for them. I, I just, I find that to be just a much more reasonable place, you know, than, than I don't know. I don't know what to go over. This whole uh, I mean, look, it, for us, I love being independent. We don't get paid by any of our companies. So, and we, we invest in some of those companies after our, our investors get in. So, uh, we don't have an agenda, right? It's just, I say what I feel and that's it. Where if you're working as someone, you, you have to have that agenda. If it's Goldman Sachs, you can't really go against, you know, a lot of what right. they think, right? right? Same right. with Kramer. Like if, you know, it's NBC and owning the whole station. So on the whole network. So, you know, that's the only thing where you kind of have, you know, if there were mass ma- mandates, you know, you gotta, you're forced on that. Right. So that's one of the things, but I, I wouldn't, you know, he was responsible probably. And I worked there for five years and right when the show probably about six months before he, you know, Mad Money started. And before he, you know, we were working on what buttons to get and with sayings and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun uh, during that time. Learned a lot and covered every single industry. We were forced to cover, give him ideas all the time. So we covered every single industry. It was like 2,000 stocks a year that he was recommending, <laughs> which we thought were crazy. Uh, but, you know, we were responsible for, for, you know, doing all the research behind those companies and, and getting in touch with all the CEOs and stuff and getting them on a show. So, but when I look at Kramer, he's probably responsible for 90% of the street.com revenue. Even with advertising and, mm-hmm. and hits, but that news—he's gone. No, it's gone. He's gone. He's wait. He left it. Yeah. So CNBC is going to promote that. And look, there's one thing that Kramer brings to the table. I'm a fan of Kramer, uh, and that's someone who, who let me go, and I'm still a fan of him. So I would, I should be biased, but I'm not. Is that he brings entertainment, and a lot of people bring entertainment by stupid headlines, like you know, Bitcoin's going to a zero. Uh, the market's going to crash 40, 50 percent, right? Just to get on TV and a lot of right. that's bullshit. You're going to get killed and lose your money. He makes it fun where he'll dress up like Captain Crunch, and t- but he goes over the fundamentals and goes over everything. And that's a personality that you don't see in our industry, right? So he, he's bringing like more and more people to it. You know, he understands I was behind the scenes and I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in our industry, they'll recommend whatever they do, whatever, right? They're going to make their money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you'll see that stock crash and they don't report back. With Kramer, when he gets something wrong, I mean, he's throwing chairs. I'm there. And he's getting angry. And I always respected that because he understands that responsibility of how many people are actually listening to his pick. So when he gets it wrong, he's angry. And I always said that's a great thing. And if I ever got that way too, where my picks are down, that I'm actually recommending on my podcast and giving to people, the day that I don't care about that, where people are actually losing money, is the day I'm out of this industry. And, I've never and, thrown a chair. Have you thrown a chair? I thrown a pen. I broke computer. I put a oh, computer. I think I may have thrown. Mm, Pen. <laughs> I may have thrown a pen and a couple of paper clips once. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get angry, but you know, look. Yeah, you know. I don't get angry because I think, you know what, it just makes me look small, but that's me. Um, let's kind of go on. <laughs> let's move along. I got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about SPACs? I don't know. I'm kind of bored about the whole SPACs thing. I don't know if I want to talk about right. it. You want to talk about uranium? Because you were you were a big advocate, I mean, years ago on uranium, and it's it's it's, it's uranium is like along with all the other commodities, let's be honest, except for silver. Mm-hmm. Except for silver. Mm-hmm. Um, is are we really going to get into a heightened demand for uranium for nuclear power and for the like? Is that what's massive, happening here? There's massive demand for it because it, this is one of the industries that is not 
like coal or a secular decline. Yes, coal prices are going high now, but you know, just like a secular declining industry where people are getting out of it, right? So now we realize it's it's clean, it's the safest, it's 24-hour base load, which means that it could be used nonstop all the time, which is you can't do that with solar or wind, right? You need the wind to blow and the sun to be out. And we're realizing a lot of countries that this is and the green energy push, right? So electricity companies, uh, you know, we're the biggest consumer in the U.S. of uranium, but we don't produce at all. Uh, one of the lowest producers, and that's changing now. So these electricity companies have to lock in, and they've done this, and they've done this pre-Fukushima when prices went to 130, 140. They're forced to lock in at higher prices, and they're just sitting there not locking in because prices, I mean, the average price for the, to make this thing work where you're producing and making money off is $50, and it was like 27 28 29 mm. Now you have other factors. You have Sprott come in and say, we're buying physical uranium on the market. It pushed the prices really high right away to $50 a pound, and they've come down to about 40 $4 a pound, $41 a pound, but they were 39, uh, they were about 31, 32, like a month, two months ago. So these uranium stocks absolutely exploded higher and they're still holding their gains. But now that underlying trend behind it, where, I mean, since 2010, I think Fukushima, I've never seen an industry where people need this energy. I know some has come offline, but the massive demand that you have for these contracts, coupled with so much of it coming offline from Cameco and Kazakhstan and, 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 I mean, it's creating like the perfect storm. And right. I know very, very smart people in hedge funds that have been in it for the last three years. And man, they're benefiting tremendously right now. I mean, it right. took a while, but you know, a lot of those stocks are up tremendously over the past uh, over the past year. So now we talked about a lot of things. Oh, by the way, you can get information. I wanted you to mention uh, where it occurs your research. You want to tell them where the URL is, what to look for, the, 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 the things, the stuff? CurseYourResearch.com, you can go. You can see uh, everything. We offer free newsletters because we like to see what we're all about first before you subscribe to anything. And then we have low price newsletters for... For everyone, then we have a higher price, which are more specific, more aggressive, a lot more research goes into them. I do personal videos myself, 20, 30 minutes. That might sound like a long time, but that's every month I come out my pick and I break down everything. All the sites I use, I do it on video and you could see and follow along and just, you know, we're one of the few companies in the industry that's done that and, and the response has been unbelievable. Uh, Wall Street Unplugged, uh, we're doing every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday podcast. now. And that's our podcast, which, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. We have mm -hmm. great guests on and... Uh, you know, viewership over 100 countries, just, you know, it's kind of humbling when you see I'm like, wow, I can't believe how many people actually want to listen to me. <laughs> I, I always say the same thing about you, Frank. <laughs> like, I don't get it, but hey, if you want it, I get it. It's getting, you know, the, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's really cool. And, uh, you know, you'll find lots of unique ideas, lots of stuff. So I'd like to travel boots on the ground and just tell you a lot of things. Yeah, obviously to Fort Lauderdale a lot without calling me, but let's kind of move along <laughs> for a second here. Slow that down. Uh, you mentioned, and we'll kind of bring this to a, to a close here, but the there were two different teases. One thing that could take down the markets, that was something significant. Talked about that. Uh, two world-changing trends. You, you're always, you, you always have these great kind of lines, these teases. Two world-changing trends that you should invest in right now. Yes. I've been attending a consumer electronics show for about eight, nine years now. Uh, I, I got to go, go to you with one of these two with you. Oh, it's I, amazing. I, I so, go. so I mean, I, so I have a media badge because of, of the podcast. So they shut down the booths. I have access to everything. I make plans with you know, interviewing top executives at, at Amazon, everything. It's just, it's unbelievable. If you haven't gone, you have to go once. It's, it's incredible. There's something there for everyone. But when you look at the trends, when I saw in 2010, 11, uh, you know, when they were talking about the internet of things and it's going to go out to whatever, 12 million people, uh, 12 billion people. I'm like, what are you talking about? How's that possible? It turned out they, you know, we're talking about every single device being connected, uh, you know, which was a world changing trend. We saw 5G, we saw AI, we saw all these things. But over the past few years, there hasn't really been a lot of innovation, right? We've seen uh, you know, trends get better, right? We got social media has gotten better. We saw AI get better. We saw 5G get implemented, right? So it was, it was almost like 
nothing new that, hey, what's, what's going to change the world outside of maybe crypto, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have these trends where you have the metaverse. Yeah. Learn about the metaverse. If you don't think it's a big deal, Facebook, one of the biggest companies in the world, Zuckerberg said in five years we could see ourselves being a total metaverse company. So it's basically merging virtual reality with augmented reality. Real right. quick this example. Is, this is like the, 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 the original game was called, not Afterlife. What was it called after, Afterlife? Was that what it was? I, I mean, you could basically look at, at Roblox now or Fortnite, but right. it, it's more involved because if you go to some sites that are actually doing this, and there's some sites within crypto that are doing this, you go into this universe, it's your character, so you're real, right? So it's it's an avatar of you. And now Coca-Cola, always you have advertisements. You can go in and buy NFTs, go into art stores. I mean, I this when you start looking at it, I can't even give it justice by explaining it, but just keep a couple of hours aside because next thing you know, three, four, five hours is going to go buying anyway. Like, Holy cow, this is like the greatest thing I've seen. It, it's... It just works. It's amazing. It works with 5G, AI. Everything's faster. Uh, companies are getting into this. But when I see companies like Coca-Cola or I see some of these banking companies, uh, these companies are investing, selling products through it right now. This is going to be huge. And So you think like a Roblox, RBLX, is a company that will allow for basically people to create their own they do. Uh, atmospheres, if you they, will. Re- or, they create yeah. their own universes right. and they make money off of it. And I, I know because anyone who has young daughters or, or, or sons, they're all over it. I mean, my kids are all over it and they're on it all the time. Are and- these people going to be able to actually converse in real life IRL? Because this is all kind of uh, made up fantasy land. Seriously. It is made up and it's not made up. That's the key. So you could be able to go to the Super Bowl. Sears walk around the Super Bowl, exact specs of the Super Bowl, wherever they're going to have it. I think it's a Ram State, wherever they have it. And then you could interact with people. You can go and hang out. You can do whatever you want. And then you go sit in your seat and watch the game live. Hmm. And you're watching the game live through your avatar. I mean, that's you so you know college. what? This is interesting. So what could happen here is, for example, you could come down to Fort Lauderdale on one of these things and still not call me in the metaverse. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I'm gonna walk. Yeah, I'm gonna have my avatar walk into your house soon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a this is to me this is a game game changing trend. It, it's just it, it, if once you start researching, it's something that few people are talking about. But the money going into it and the, how many companies are spending the big technology companies getting into this and the amount of money going into this, the patents that are being taken out in this technology. That's what you want to see with something new. Uh, it reminds me of the beginning of crypto when, you know, really no one understood in 2014, 15, and all of a sudden 16, 17, so the volatility come in. Yes, we crashed and came back, and now you see new technologies. This is something that that's different, that's new. Uh, a lot of people don't understand it. I don't even understand it, but I know when I see it, it's absolutely amazing. And the fact that you got the big companies investing in it is cool. That's one trend. The other trend is security tokens. This is a trend that I based my whole company on. We did it. Uh, CEO, Curzio Equity Owners. I'm not saying that to, to for anyone to buy it or whatever. We're going to be trading on a T0 exchange, which is you know the largest, most volatile exchange for security tokens. It was really big news. We're going to be trading there in December. Right now, our token trades uh, you know overseas uh, on a place called Merge, which is an exchange. So now it's a U.S.-based company trading in the U.S. This industry has opened up just like I thought it would. And six months, nine months ago, I was a little, I was like, man, why isn't it? And maybe I'm wrong on this. But when it comes to trends and you make things easier all the way around for everybody, that's how things get disrupted. And you don't, I didn't need investment bankers to raise $4 million for my company to grow it. Now you don't have to worry about going to Robinhood, right, at $40 billion valuations or Snowflake or Coinbase, right, when these guys do series A, B, C, E, F, G rounds of funding. The time you're getting as a retail investor, these guys are selling it to you and making a fortune. Same with SPACs. If you look at SPACs, just look at any company. Take three companies that were SPACs and look at their valuation before they became a SPAC and merge into that SPAC. You see a billion-dollar valuation, next thing you know, it's a $7 billion valuation. They're selling it to you at 12, 13, 14. These guys are in a dollar. All that stuff works when the retail for the retail investor needs to be buying it, and they get, I won't curse here, but get screwed. Turn. Now, 
save. Listen, we're a small cap company. I covered small caps for 30 years. Maybe we don't make it. Maybe I mess up, whatever. However, you're able to get in on the ground floor of our business. And if we do become a billion, five, $10 billion company, that will result in life-changing gains for you. And we're seeing tons of companies roll into this space right now because there's less regulation. And also, you're not in private companies, which a liquidity period. It takes seven to 10 years. You have to get bought out or an IPO. With mm -hmm. this, it's a year later you become trading. So you can get in and out if you want, creates volatility for you, which a lot of companies and venture capitalists love to see. That's why they're investing in crypto like crazy right now. It just checks off every single box. The most important thing is it's better for the end user at the end of the day. And that's what I always saw two years ago when we did this. And now to see this thing come to but how do you? But how do you, but, but where do you, where do you get involved in this aside from directly? Is there any way that an investor can kind of hit this but besides, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a, 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 a like a, a crazy sound, like an ETF or a mutual fund or something like that? Well, you can go to T Zero. T Zero is starting on board tons and tons and tons. This was of, the this was the brainchild back in the day of the Overstock dude. Of the Overstock dude, yes, this is what he saw. Right. Yeah. So this is a, a and obviously wild. drove him batty and crazy, and he left the company and all that. Yeah, he was he was crazy. as other Patrick reasons, but, Patrick. Yeah. So this company is kind of like spinning off of that now from Overstock, becoming its own entity. Uh, and now you see more and more tokens get listed, just like a, a regular crypt, like, like a Coinbase uh, was simple or even like a Kraken where all these things are trading. Those are utility tokens. People don't realize you don't get equity in them. Meaning if someone came over and bought that company, you get zero, you get nothing, right? right? It's more like crowdfunding. The only use, the only value is what that utility does for the company. And a lot of these guys don't even have any features for the utility. Tokens got to be used for something. This is different. You're getting Wait, You mean entities. Dogecoin doesn't have utility? Well, just Dogecoin, yeah, <laughs> utility. What, what, yeah, exactly. Right. It, it's. It's insane. But for us, it's a security token, right? It's security. Uh, we'll, and I'm telling you, they're going to come out on this industry. And that's how I felt for a long time because all the things trading on Coinbase, I like Coinbase as a company. Uh, all these cryptos outside of maybe the top five or 10 are securities. They're securities and not utilities. And when the SEC comes out, all these things are going to come off the exchanges because they don't want to show their financials. A lot of these guys raise money and spent it on Ferraris or whatever. You don't have to list anything. We do. Our financials are listed. We're transparent. And you get to invest in very early stage companies, which is what you want to do as a retail investor and have that mm -hmm. shot to invest like a right. venture capitalist, right? Instead right. of investing in a yeah, early. That's team. the whole point. Early. That's the point, right? Yeah. So that's where we're going. Learn more about it. You can go to T Zero. You can look at our token. But the amount of money going into this and institutions going into this right now, this industry is finally here, and it's really exciting for us. So we covered bacon costs. We covered uranium. Okay, we covered the fact that you don't ever visit me. We covered the fact that CES is coming, two world-changing ideas. I mean, this is a pretty action-packed discussion today, and I want to thank you, Frank Curzio from Curzio Research, for joining us and always providing a, a very insightful thing. Now, I won't be calling you ever again, of course, <laughs> after this, uh, but <laughs> um, listen, hey, it's great. And by the way, I'm, 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 uh, I'm uh, uh, thinking about uh, going to CES, so we gotta we got to make that happen. That would be a lot of fun. We'd have a good time. Oh, I'm bringing my family to your house. I was staying there for a month. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And now after all this <laughs> that I said, got to eat my own words. Listen, Frank Curzio, thanks for joining us on the Discipline Investor Podcast. Listen, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, you can find us on all the major podcast networks out there. You can check out all there is to know, the notes, the information, where to find Frank, all of that on the show notes on episode number 736 on the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Dot com. Make sure to visit that and come by each and every week. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the people you like, tell the people you don't like. You know, we're here on uh, every podcast directory out there. So make sure that happens. Listen on Tuesday nights for DH Unplugged. I'll be there as well. Thank you so much. We're out of here. See you next week. Bye-bye. 
discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company. 